Good morning. This morning's Old Testament reading is from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. This can be found on page 1076 of your pew Bibles. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots a branch that will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will, do- will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child will, will put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the people. The nations will rally to him, and his place of rest will be glorious. Our next reading from the New Testament will be from Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, which is found on page 1,499. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the desert of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who has spoken of through the prophets Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the desert, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of a camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His flood, I'm sorry, his food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said this to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you, that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is ready at the root of the trees, and every tree, what does not produce good fruit, will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in the hand in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. This ends the reading of the word. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Friends, would you join me in prayer? O God, be as near to us as our very breath. Fill us with your love. May your Holy Spirit have his way with us. 
moving in us and forming us into the people you would have us be. Today, may we be open to the work that you would want to do in each one of us. For we know it is for our good and to the glory of your name. For we pray in Christ's name. Amen. When I was a kid, one of my favorite things at Christmas time would be, and this would start just after Thanksgiving, we'd get Christmas cards in the mail. How many of you like to get Christmas cards? We'd get Christmas cards, and this is what we would do. Now, you tell me what you do with them. We would take them, and uh, we had like a, uh, a door frame that went out into the den, and we would tape them up the door frame. And it was cool as a kid. I couldn't wait until that whole door frame was filled with Christmas cards. Do you display them in some way in your house? I would tape them. Oh, and I'd love it. I'd go by and I'd open them up and see who they were from. And it was neat to see the different designs. It'd be poinsettias on some. Some would have a, you know, this Jesus and Mary and Joseph at the manger. Some would have the wise men, all sorts of Christmas themes. Um, well, I thought there would be a really good Christmas card for me to share with you as we're entering, we're still in Advent, but as we enter the Christmas season. Merry Christmas, you brood of vipers. If we got a Christmas card from John the Baptist, this is how he might herald the season. Merry Christmas, you brood of vipers. And I don't know if you can see below there, it says, love John the Baptist. (laughs) What would you do if you uh, got a Christmas card calling you a brood of vipers? You might, um, you, you might uh, mark who that was and maybe you would send them a card of your own. Every year in Advent, every year without fail, John the Baptist is one of the figures that leads us up to Christmas. He helps us make sense of what is happening at the incarnation of God into our world. We have this figure who, uh, as Melissa read in our scripture from Matthew, Just imagine if you can paint a picture in your mind of this character. He wore camel's hair, which was itchy and hot. He ate locusts. Now that's kind of a craze in some places now, is eating bugs. Have any of you ever had locusts? Maybe some of you have, you're just not admitting it. Um, He had locusts, and, and I don't think they were covered in chocolate. He had locusts, he had wild honey, he lived out in the desert. Now in Jesus' day, sometimes the people who lived out in the desert were a little bit touched. So here's John the Baptist. Probably somebody that, if you're in good, polite company, you might want to avoid him. And here he is, sort of the last in the line of these prophets heralding the coming of the Messiah. He's the one who, for us, leads us into Christmas. So indeed, Merry Christmas, you brood of vipers. (laughs) Now, that's a title that we may, we we don't want that to apply to us, do we? John the Baptist, you know, he's talking to the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, those good religious leaders who come out to find out exactly who this John the Baptist is and what he's doing. And John the Baptist indicts them, doesn't he? Because they rely on their own righteousness. 
They rely on what they can do. They rely on their position, on their status, on their heritage as being uh, descendants of Abraham. That's what they rely on. And John the Baptist says, that's not any good. That's no good. Someone's coming. Someone's coming. He's going to be different than anything, different than you can, anything you can imagine or expect. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. This incredible image of, of something that, that burns away and leaves what's pure. As this great image of a, of a winnowing fork. What would happen as they would, as they would harvest and thresh grain, it would be this big wide open floor and they would wait for a windy day and they would throw this grain in the air and the wind would take the chaff away and what would fall back to the floor would be the pure grain. And John says, someone's coming and spiritually, he's going to do that for you. So friends, here we are, we're getting ready for Christmas. You're here in church doing your good churchy duty. I'm so glad you're here. And I wonder sometimes when we come to these stories, if we're really honest, maybe they hit a little bit close to home. Sometimes, maybe more than sometimes, I'm a lot like those Sadducees and Pharisees. Relying on what I've done. I've got a good education. I know a lot. I'm a good pastor. How easy it can be for me and for us to rely on what we have done and not to throw ourselves wholly on the mercy of Jesus Christ. I have to include myself in this Christmas greeting. Sometimes I'm in that brood of vipers. But friends, there's good news for each one of us today is there's someone who's coming who does not want to leave us in that pit of snakes. Someone who's come into the world to rescue us, to redeem us, to save us. Even those of us who sometimes rely on our own self-righteousness. What do we have to do? Well, John the Baptist lays it out for us, doesn't he? Repent. Repent. Now, repentance is a whole lot more than just saying you're sorry. How many of you who ever had, uh, oh, I, my kids aren't here. I can pick on them. <laughs> Sometimes they'll squabble and I'll tell them to apologize to each other. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know they don't mean it. How many of you have been there with your kids? <laughs> Maybe with adults too who apologize and say, I'm sorry, and you know full well it's an insincere apology. Repentance is so much more than just saying, I'm sorry. Repentance, metanoia, is the Greek word, which means a complete turning around, a total reorientation to your life. It's, it's a directional word, that you were going one way, and now because of an encounter with Jesus Christ, you turn around and go the other way. It's a complete reversal. And that's what John the Baptist tells the people to do. He mentions repent or repentance a few times in that section from Matthew. Repent, turn around, change your ways. 
there's an urgency to what John the Baptist is saying. And friends, there's an urgency today. How many of us in our spiritual lives live as if we have all the time in the world? Repent. Turn around now. There'll be a day coming when we have to give an account. And now is the time to change, to turn around, to have an encounter with Jesus that is transformative and changes who we are at our core. So John the Baptist says, repent. But then repentance should lead to something. What does John the Baptist say? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. In other words, by what you say and what you do by your life, show that you've repented. May it play out in how you have a relationship with God and with other people. Bear fruit. Live a life of love, joy, peace, patience, self-control. Friends, this morning, if we're honest, there's a bit of a viper in each one of us. I'm right there with you. I dare say I'm a bit more of a viper on some days than most of you. But friends, aren't you glad that that's not where we have to stay? We can repent. We can change. And repentance, yes, we repent and we turn to Jesus Christ and we confess our sin, and he becomes our Lord and Savior. But as I mentioned last week, Jesus Christ wants to come into your life, not only when you're born again, but also every single day. He wants to come into your life, and he comes into our lives when we repent of our ways, when we turn each day anew to him and follow him and live a life that shows he is our Lord and Savior. Friends, in this lead up to Christmas, where I'm sure all of our schedules are getting busier and busier, it's so easy to lose sight of what's really important. Time with family and friends, presents, good Christmas cookies, I love those. All of the trappings of the season are nice, aren't they? Don't forget John the Baptist's message. Hear the urgency with which he tells it. Repent. Because friends, when we repent, when we turn, when we embrace Jesus Christ, when we live a life that bears fruit, that's worthy of him, we prepare the way for him to come into our lives and into the world around us through the way that we live. Friends, maybe there's a little bit of a brood of viper in each one of us. But thank God, that's not how it has to stay. Amen.